welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast in which we talk about every episode of Degrassi The Next Generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about season two, episode 20, How Soon Is Now? And Kelsey, can you please read us the YouTube summary for the ep? I sure can. Paige is feeling whole again after lots of intensive therapy to help her get over the rape. She's convinced everything is back to normal until she finds out Dean will be at Degrassi for a basketball tournament. The possibility of seeing her rapist face-to-face sends Paige's well-organized world into a tailspin. I mean, it's as good a summary as any. It's it's a tough one to summarize. I'm actually pretty proud of like the Degrassi YouTube page for this. Yeah, pretty just like straight and to the point about the whole Paige storyline. Again, leaving out the B story, but like this was a well, actually, both stories were like had fairly important revelations come out of them. But yeah, I think it's been it's fairly obvious that we've abandoned the Degrassi wiki summaries because they just keep getting longer and longer. And they're like they're not accurate enough to be Degrassi wiki. Like there's no like rhyme or reason behind it. Like, where is this even coming from? Are you doing any research? Probably not. So the YouTube has been as good as any. Plus, there's all the funny comments. Um, Hollins, can you tell us a little bit about the episode title? I can indeed. Um, the episode is called How Soon Is Now, and it's also a 1985 Smith song. Um, it'll probably be playing in the background, but it's fairly it's a fairly recognizable 80s hit. Um, the lyrics don't really have that much to do with what's happening in the episode, but do they ever really? Um, but I guess it it the just the title alone kind of applies to both both storylines where it's like well something is happening now so i should probably i just need to face it head on now like like how soon is now let's just go for it yeah i mean i think i think it works plus you know i love the smiths so sure um so yeah this episode is pretty heavy um it covers a lot um we start off with Paige still in therapy making like crazy good progress for such a short amount of time she's like not blaming herself which is amazing um but it also seems kind of unrealistic yeah but I mean I guess everyone I think it's also obvious that she isn't really as she hasn't really come as far as she thinks that she has i mean she has stopped blaming herself which is awesome um and it's probably been like what nine months or so um and i think she's probably just been so focused on trying to get over it that she she knows what is like the right way to feel in quotes in the situation but when she is actually faced head on with dean she still kind of spirals out of control Yep, so, you know, she uh, does the therapy thing and then song, <laughs> basically. And then she's walking down the hallway and JT's, like, miming in a box, which is one of his weirder pickup, like, routines. And they, like, talk and I'll, I don't really remember what the subject of the conversation was. I just was kind of taken back by his weird mime routine. See, I didn't see it as a pickup thing. I thought it was just him practicing for because he's the mascot. Like it was actually one this episode like JT and Paige, it's like the 
most I've liked their like their interactions. Like not just when he like goes ballistic for her in like the best possible way, but I like I don't he like never hit on her. Like I like G- JT when he's not creepily hitting on women because he he like he never made like any sort of moves towards her, which I think was a smart move on the writer's part because it's like there wouldn't be a whole lot of recovering from that in this episode. So I think he was just practicing and being like goofy and she was like kind of liking it because he's her mascot. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, I think there was one like flirtatious like thing, but she was like, whatever, go away, JT, you're JT. Um, But yeah, I agree with that. Her dynamic with JT the entire episode is very cute and just kind of buddy-buddy. And he's very sweet towards her, especially at the end of the episode with his altercation with Dean, who unfortunately makes an appearance in this episode. But also in the hallway, she walks by Spinner and his hair is a little bit different. And she's like, I wrote it down. She's like, Spin, I love the roots. Trey, cool. Paige. (laughs) Sometimes she's just so Paige that you're just like, all right. We're just going to roll with this and it's fine. So, yeah. So, she says Trey Cool, um, not to be confused with the drummer from Green Day, who's also named Trey Cool. <laughs> so, that's fine. Um, anyway. So, then we are in uh, the Media Immersion Lab with Ellie and Marco. And they're pitching a unisex cologne as their project for, like, I guess the assignment is, like, make up a product and then make a commercial for it. So that's what they do. And of course, they're doing a like unisex cologne as a couple, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, Marco says, fun and fabulous. And I'm like, how do people know, not realize that he's super gay? Because like he's so camp that it, because it's, it's, he just, he's so camp. And also, they're like, the theme, their original theme of the, commercial is Bollywood and while they're <laughs> and Ellie's like Marco just loves old Bollywood movies and then like while they're filming the original Bollywood he's like dressed head to toe in so many colors wearing a pink feather boa like prancing around in a circle as he comes into frame for the commercial and I was just like how how did no, how does nobody know that Marco is so gay I think everyone's a little dumb <laughs> But also, it's delightful, this whole thing, like the prancing and the like, what about me being surrounded by dancing girls? I'm like, Marco, you're the best. Um, Should we go into fashion, please, since I just described his Bollywood outfit? Yeah. Um, Ellie's wearing her Union Jack flowery shirt again, which I love, paired with a plaid skirt, which is also pretty nice. Um, when Ashley and Ellie are talking about the Bollywood thing, Ashley looks like a straight up Corvid, like she's like a raven or a crow or some shit. (laughs) She's like, her hair is like blue black now and short, and she's wearing like this fluffy black like turtleneck that goes like up to her eyeballs. And I'm like, you look like you're about to fly off into the night. (laughs) Yeah, I did write down, is her hair even blacker and that like furry, fluffy, feathery, whatever the heck thing made her. So with her new hair and with that like high collared kind of furry looking, I didn't know if it was like a fur jacket or what it was, but I wrote down that she looked like a goth Liza Minnelli. I think we both hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, 
as you said before, Marco's outfit is amazing and bonkers, and Ellie looks crazy in a pink feather boa. Um, and then I also wrote that I like Paige's puffy vest. It's like very of the time. Like I like that her like sad girl just want to be in bed all day clothes are still like cuter than anything that most of the other people on this show wear. Like they're they're nicer than like. And I don't want to throw Terry under the bus, but we know that she loves to wear a, a tracksuit. They're better than like Terry on a good day. Like she wears some great stuff. True. Like compare. So Paige is wearing a really cute, like light blue vest, whereas Manny is wearing a straight up ski jacket in like the same scene. So, yes, for sure. Also, Spinner's wearing a Volcom shirt. And it reminded me that Volcom existed. And I was, I definitely donned a few. Volcom shirts and necklaces and what have you in my middle school days. Oh man, it's like Volcom, Spitfire, DC shoes, like all the things. Billabong, Etnies, Quicksilver, um, Roxy, uh, Famous Stars and Straps. I I don't even know. Oh, do you remember like how Fat Farms were a thing? Those shoes was that not a thing at your school? Not in the like skater community. It was more of like a like hood thing. I don't know. That sounds weird coming out of my face, but whatever. <laughs> um. Oh, so continuing on with fashion, please. I only have one more fashion note, and it's about Spinner. And it's that when he, at, when he starts being nice and he's wearing blue, he looks really good. I was like, I'm attracted to Spinner, <laughs> and it's confusing. It's. I was just like, is Spinner hot? I was I felt the same way. I was like, wait, what does he have like muscles now? He's he was wearing that like nice fitting like long sleeve blue like dark blue shirt at the very end when he and Paige were like having their picnic and I was like, Spinner looks good. What is happening to the world? He has some cheekbones. And I'm like, maybe it's also just that he's like not being a garbage person for the first time in ever. So I'm like, all right, okay, maybe maybe he's a child. But also, dude has cheekbones. And he's just not wearing baggy clothes. He's not wearing like a baggy sweatshirt like he usually does or like he was in the last episode. But yeah, he's kind of, he's blossoming into his own, I guess. <laughs> Gross. Oh, also Paige's beauty look looks great at the end. She's like just very well highlighted and shit. Yeah, for sure. She looked amazing this entire episode. Mm -hmm. But I think that's all I got. Yep, that's all I got too. Um... So after the media immersion stuff, we are watching the cheerleaders practice. And can I please just say that that is a fucking toe touch. All right. It is none of this. Hazel, do a toe touch and teach the group at the beginning of that other episode that I'm still mad about. What they did was a fucking toe touch. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, they finally carted in some extras who actually knew how to do a toe touch because there wasn't any of the main actors who did it. But no. we finally saw an example of a real one giving some more credibility credibility to the Spirit Squad. And after their practice, um, Spinner comes in and is like, well, we finally know who's going to be competing, who's like the last team who's going to compete in this tournament that's going to be at our school and like pops down Bardell on the board aka dean school and he's like your boyfriend's back to page and you're like oh no i like i was just like oh spinner but to make this scene lose a little bit of credibility if you pay attention there is a male cheerleader walking on his hands in the background <laughs> it is confusing distracting 
probably not the right time. Yeah, probably not. But he didn't know. He wasn't paying attention to the conversation. He was just like living his walking on hands life. He was practicing for this tournament coming up. He was just doing his best. It's fine. So yeah, so that's a huge bummer. And she's like, okay, not great. So she rushes off basically to um, the therapist's office at the school and she's like, you're back so soon. And she's like, how do I press charges? Which was an acute reminder of how much rape trials suck and how hard it is to get someone convicted because we live in a patriarchal society and it's rape culture and it's bullshit. And I'm just mad talking about it. Yeah, it was a very discouraging conversation between her and Miss Oden and... I mean, she was trying to make it. She was like, don't get discouraged. We can still do this if you really want to do it. But, yeah, it was just a painful reminder that, like, rape cases and sexual abuse cases are just so awful and depend on evidence that isn't always there, and it's awful. So, and then, so, once Paige finds out how hard it's going to be to, like, sent him to jail even if she tells the truth she's like oh never mind whatever and gets just like really down in the dumps about it which is totally understandable um and then we jump back to the ellie and marco storyline to sort of give ourselves a breather from like the a storyline which is rough um and that's when ash is looking all like a fucking raven and she's like, you guys are great. But I feel like we can kind of like see it in her face that she kind of has an idea of what's going on. Because she's like, you guys are the perfect couple. But I feel like her eyes are saying, my dad is gay, so I know what this looks like. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Because Marco brings Ellie some like eggplant parmesan or parmigiana. Or he says it in a very like Italian accent. <laughs> and... And then, like, walks away, and Ellie's like, oh, it's the perfect dish for a vegetarian. And Ash is like, yeah, your boyfriend's so great. You guys are perfect together, but kind of has a knowing look in her eyes. Mm-hmm. It's the my dad's gay, and I know what this looks like look. It's good. She's she's seasoned and weathered now. <laughs> she is Ellie's page, basically, is what I'm saying here. Um, So, yeah, so Marco gives her eggplant parmesan, and that's kind of really it for that scene, right? I think this is when also we see the Bollywood filming, but we kind of covered that. Also, Heather Sinclair is supposed to be there, but she's not because, of course, she bailed on it. Yeah, so they, so the Bollywood scene is happening. We covered it a little, but what we did not cover was that at the end of it, Ellie is so swept away by Marco's moves that she kisses him. And it is rough to watch. It's so awkward. Like, you can tell Marco's like, wait, what, what, what are you doing? We had an agreement. What are you doing? It's rough. And I just like, I just wrote like sad face Ellie. Like, I just, it's a tough situation for both of them. And Marco's not putting her in a good place, but she's also letting him not put her in a good place because I feel like it's, I think it would be a double standard if we were to be like, not comparing Ellie to Toby with Emma a little bit. You know, like, it's not quite as obvious. Like, she really does think of Marco as her best friend. But she does. Like, she is holding on, on to hope that he's going to change his mind. So it's not all, like, peachy keen 
rainbows helping out a friend it's also like a little bit like but maybe he'll change his mind and decide he's not gay and he's just confused yeah because he did he they like entered into the agreement with like please help me out while i figure this out and i think she's still holding out hope that figuring it out could go either way when in reality it's like no the writing is on the wall figuring it out just means like him accepting it for himself and being okay with who he is rather than just like clinging to like oh maybe I can still be straight I don't know that's how things work right and but I think because there's like still a touch of ambiguity Ellie is just like trying to hold on to that small little sliver of hope and it's just like not doing any good for her emotions it's kind of crushing to watch um so then we are back in the zen garden with Paige, who looks sad the zen garden is coming into play a lot more than i remembered it is here to stay apparently i'm just like where's this all right zen garden so and then jt is doing like wind tunnel man like to like make her laugh and she's like no not right now and JT is a man, so he's not going to take a hint, and he's going to be like, what? Why not? This is a great joke. And she's like, seriously, leave me alone. And it's a whole fucking thing, and I just kind of get annoyed with JT. Yeah, and then they have a little heart-to-heart. Paige is, like, bummed out about Dean coming to the school, and he's like, why? What's wrong? Did he, like, dump you or something? And she's like, or something. I think this is when they're, like, at her locker at this point. Yeah. And she's just, like, not happy about it. And he's like, well, just, like, give him your old page attitude and it'll be fine. And it's like, oh, no, that's... Eh. Yeah, I'm real, it's like, oh, JT, you're being sweet, but that's not what is going to fix this. But he also doesn't know what's happening. Um, Like, it's the next day, and she wakes up before her alarm, and she's sitting in bed, like, fully dressed, and her alarm is going off. And we're like, uh-oh, today's the day. She's already just stressing out so hard about Dean coming to school. And then when she gets to school, she's walking up the steps and Dean's bus like arrives and he jumps out of the bus and is like, hey, spirit. And you're like, Ugh, no, why are you talking to her? It made me so mad. I was just like, oh, spirit. Ugh. I just mm, it like made me a little queasy. I was like, oh, here he is. He's back. We have to deal with his smarmy rapist face. And it's. It hurts. It's awful. And he, like, comes up to her and is like, hey, what? Like, we had fun, right? It was a good time. And she's like, oh, what, fun? That's what you think that that was? Um, I said no. And then he just super slut shames her and is like, oh, like, Hazel, you were there. Who did she come to see at that party? Yeah, that's what I thought. She came there to get something and she got it or she says something gross like that and like he walks away and it's awful. He's a monster. I would also like to point out that he doesn't say Hazel's name ever because he called her friend when he met her. So he goes, he just looks at her. He goes, you, you were there. Like, let's not give Dean the benefit of the doubt of knowing Hazel by name. He was like, you, girl, I didn't rape. Right. I'm sorry. I was trying to cut corners, but I'm glad that you pointed that out because he's a monster. So that happens, and Paige is rattled, understandably. And then we cut to... Ellie comes over to Marco, and she, like, plops down this storyboard, um, and he's like, whose funeral is this? And (laughs) she's like, it's our new commercial. I rewrote it. 
and it's weird and matrixy and he's like wearing sunglasses inside and he's like duo unity to one blah blah nothingness and it's like all bullshit and it's like she's just needed to rewrite it so you wouldn't be surrounded by girls I think was like the thought process I don't fully know and it's like I can't tell if it's because she well she does say flaming later so maybe it is to make him seem less gay I don't know I don't know why she rewrote it I think she's just going through a very confusing time and like wants to take control of the situation I don't really know but it's, yeah, it's super weird. And, like, as she's presenting this idea to him, she's like, are you sure it's okay? He's like, um, yeah, I guess, sure, honest, I'm fine with it. When you're like, you can totally tell he's just not fine with it. And then after that, we cut to another Dean interaction. And did you notice he was being, like, followed around by two, like, nameless Bardell cheerleaders while he was walking around? Which made me feel uncomfortable. The whole thing makes me feel uncomfortable. And Paige, like, storms off after their interaction. And it's because it's rough, as per usual. Um, and Spinner comes over and he's like, what is that about? And Hazel basically tells him, like, you know, what if she said no? And he, I'm like, why, why doesn't Spinner believe her? Like, why does he just assume that that's not what happened? It's bullshit. It makes me so fucking angry. I know. I hated that. I was like, let's give, let's like maybe not assume that the worst of Paige, and not even like that, if that would be the worst, if she decided she wanted to have sex with him. I think he's just still, his fragile little male ego is still so bruised from her, like denying him way back when, when she was like, had the hots for Dean before everything happened, that he just can't let it go because he just still feels so goddamn wronged. And, when Hazel says, like, well, what if this happened? And he's like, no, it couldn't have happened. Like, she wronged me. He's still playing, like, the victim. Um, which doesn't excuse his behavior, but it's all gross. Super, super gross. It's just a bummer. Um, so then we're back with Ellie and Marco, and they're filming their crazy-ass commercial. And like I said, it looks like out of the Matrix. Marco is basically dressed like Neo, He's wearing sunglasses inside. They have, like, the weirdest lighting setup I've ever seen. She's shooting it in black and white for some reason, which is, like, a thing that you would do in post. I don't know why she's doing this on the tape, but okay. It's it's just all fucking crazy. She's also utilizing exclusively the Dutch angle, so it's just all crooked. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, standing on a ladder holding the unisex perfume and it's like duo or duet whatever the fuck their name is and then like he like is like do I really have to say this this weird absorbing each other line sounds like we're selling tampons <laughs> which fair and she's like oh you're making fun of my writing now which like yes Ellie we are because it's not good <laughs> you're not a writer but she is a writer she just can't write copy for like an ad which is fine. Not everyone can do that. Also, she's not like a great writer yet. She's a journalist. <laughs> so why? Why? Ugh, ugh, ugh. So then she's like, well, it's better than the other. He's like, why? He's like, I can grab Heather and some girls and we can do this like the right way with the dancing. And she says the word flaming. And he's like, is that what this is about? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, Ellie. And he's like, this is what, that's what this is about, isn't it? Like, because I can't be what you want me to be, which is fair. Like, he can't. And then she goes, can't or won't, which, like, 
can't. And I just wrote, Ellie, why you gotta be my problematic fave today? <laughs> You're normally like my regular fave and now just problematic as fuck. Yeah, her resentment for being his beard is definitely coming out in full force and coming out in a really slightly homophobic and uninformed way, which isn't great. But, like, I understand why the resentment is coming out because it's been, he's still, it's, like, not a real relationship. She wants one, even though he's gay. It's, like, such a weird situation that's not fair to, like, either of them, I guess. Um, But, yeah, her resentment is coming out in a really awful way, which is, yeah, problematic fave territory. It's bad news. Um, So we kind of leave it at that where he storms off and she's mad and we're both kind of mad at her um and then so it's the day of the game and the bus pulls up and holland very definitely pointed out that one of the buses has a sticker on it that just says go earth go <laughs> like inexplicably <laughs> like maybe it's earth day i don't really know but yeah one of them had like a little banner on it that said go earth go and then we see dean and manny chatting outside and Paige sees this and is like oh no History repeating itself. This is bad. So then later she confronts Manny in the hallway and is like, hey, I saw that you were talking to Dean. And Manny's like, yeah, he just started talking to me. And Paige is like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But someone tried to warn me about him and I didn't listen. And I just want to tell you, like, don't be alone with him. Like, like look out, essentially. And then as history repeating itself again, Manny's just like, um, stop being jealous, blah, 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 and, like, walks away. And, it, yeah, no, it is history repeating itself. And it's also, like, kind of, like, speak. And it was just, like, it was just a lot of stuff. And, but it, like, it also kind of, like, even though, like, wherever, like, your instinct is to be, like, fuck you, Manny. But Manny doesn't know any better. And Paige was the same way a year ago. So, you know, it's just, and maybe if Paige was, like, really clear and was, like, this is what happened, Manny would listen but she's being kind of vague so it's like you know as mad as you want to be at manny for like being like that we also have all the information and she does not um but also it's it's kind of a good thing because it kind of spurred Paige on to be bad like I, I, at first it doesn't but like she was gonna abandon everything and go home until she saw him talking to manny and she got like mama bear claws out like ready for action and even though, like, the Manny thing really upset her and she was, like, ready to leave, like, I, I think that she says at the end, you know, I don't want him to do this to someone else. Like, I think it, it really spurred her on. Yeah, I think it was definitely the beginning of, like, that spark of her, like, standing up to him. But then JT comes and talks to her and is like, because she wasn't going to go to the game even after that happened. And JT talks to her and is like, hey, what's wrong? Like, why aren't you going? They're outside. He's in his little mascot uniform. And he's like, why are you so upset? He's just a dude. He's just a guy. Like, it'll be fine. Like, just go show him. Like, it doesn't bother you. And he, and then Paige finally is, tells JT that he is a rapist and he is a bad man. And JT immediate, immediately is like, oh, no. And then he, like, puts down his panther head and like runs into the gym and as the basketball game is going on he just like runs onto the court and starts like 
accosting Dean. I mean, he's like half his size, so it's not doing that much damage, but he's just like pushing him around. And then he like yells at him like, what? What are you going to do, you rapist? And then Dean starts fighting back and then they both get into trouble. It's awesome. JT is a goddamn hero. I was like, oh, he's the best. He is. He's a fucking hero. He's awesome. And he. I love that. My favorite thing about this is that he didn't ask any follow-ups. He didn't question her at all. He didn't do any of the shit that Spinner's done all season. He didn't do any of the shit that Hazel did with all the fucking follow-up questions. JT handed her his panther head in a like very fun cartoonish way and fucking went at this dude who is easily three times his size because JT is scrawny and he and it's like but it like it it's just like a good example of when like Degrassi is a really good show because it's this like very great real moment of like this character who's kind of an underdog you know being a hero for someone that he cares about without having ulterior motives and it's also funny because he's dressed like the goddamn panther and Paige is holding his head and it's this whole thing about like you know life isn't perfect and the show is funny and the show is also very fucking real sometimes and it's just like this is one of my favorite things that happens on Degrassi even though it's like so goofy and silly like I feel like they just like hit all the right notes for sure it was definitely a great moment in execution of the kind of like protectiveness and friendship goals that JT has with Paige without any, like you said, without any like ulterior motives. There's like no gross Tobiness on this situation and it's great. Maybe that's why I like this episode so much because Toby isn't in it. <laughs> Potato is nowhere to be seen. Um, but then after that happens, like JT goes to the principal's office and Dean gets like kicked off the court and doesn't play anymore. And Paige, like, walks out of the gym after this happens, and Spinner's following her, and it's like, Paige, Paige, wait up, and he's like, what JT said, like, what was happening, like, it's like what Hazel said, he took it too far, and Paige is like, just, like, doesn't say anything, but doesn't, like, deny it, and it's a whole moment, and then Dean, like, storms past them, and then Spinner goes after him, is like, hey, like, trying to, like, fight him again, and... And then Paige is like, whoa, wait, wait, Spinner, and, like, steps in and just, like, lashes out against Dean and is like, I'm going to come for you. I'm going to, like, make you wish you never did this. And I'm, yeah, basically just, like, finally stands up to him and, like, hopefully puts a little bit of fear into him. Paige is fucking fire in this. It's amazing. Her, like, eyes light up. She is, like, there. She is in it. She is threatening him. And she's not being, like, hysterical she's being fucking like for real huff in his face standing up to him and she's being the way that i feel like a lot of victims would love to have the opportunity to be you know because like some people never see their rapists again which is a good thing but you know sometimes it means that you don't get the closure or whatever and it's this is a huge moment for Paige. And even though things that happen later on don't always work out so well for her, this is just a this is a high note for this storyline. It's it's one of my favorites. It's a high note. For sure. She's so strong and just is like threatening him and attacking him and 
she's finally facing him and it's just a great great moment um so that happens and then we hop back over to the ellie marco storyline and they're in the media immersion lab and they're finally talking about like what their situation is and what's going on and how ellie thinks that it's not fair to her and how Marco wasn't thinking about how she would feel like going into this situation. And Marco's like, yeah, I know it's really hard to like pretend to be someone that you're not. And finally, Ellie's like, are you still confused? And he's like, no, Ellie, I'm gay. And he like finally comes out. This is coming out episode. It's amazing. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch because you can tell it's the first time he's actually said it to a person. And it's like it's it's a wonderful moment, and she understands. She doesn't try to talk him out of it, so she sort of redeems herself a little bit. Even though, like, you know, I understand that she's in a rough situation, but I don't feel as sympathetic for her as I'm not sure if Degrassi wants us to feel sympathy for her, but I really don't. I'm like, Marco is the like person under fire here. Like, you signed up for this. It sucks. But he's not forcing you to do anything. You signed up. True. It is definitely, I feel like the music cues make it seem like, I mean, it is a very bittersweet moment for the two of them, especially on like Ellie's end. But going forward, we do see that like she still is on board for being his beard until he's ready to like come out to everybody. Um, but I think it's definitely like she's probably gonna cry about it and like have to take a little like a weekend or so to wrap her head around it. But then she's like gonna be back in full like friendship mode. It's pretty cool. It's a good it's a good ending to this storyline where he's just like Ellie I'm gay. He's like, All right. <laughs> like, okay, good. Um, and from there we have the final scene, Paige and Spinner are walking. And, you know, he's like, you know, he basically says hashtag not all men, which I'm like, okay, Spinner, whatever. Um, and she's like, no, I know. And I'm like, eh, which makes me feel a little queasy, but fine. Um, and then they're sitting down and she's like, are you going with anyone to this dance? Because Degrassi has a dance every 45 minutes. <laughs> and he's like, no. And she's like, well, I owe you a date, so you should come with me. And he's like, you do owe me a date. And I'm like, I don't know if that's meant to be cute or not. I feel uncomfortable. I, yeah, I mean, it is very hashtag not all men at first. Like he, but he did like, he traded in his like cafeteria work shift to like have a little picnic with her. And I think it's like his way of trying to apologize for like how shitty he's been acting toward her. And they have a little picnic. And I think Paige really does like him. So she's like, okay with his weird, like not all men. Yeah, you owe me a date. I think it's supposed to be cute, even though it doesn't, maybe to us, it doesn't come across as cute. But they have a cute moment. They're going to the end of the year dance together. And it ends on Paige's smiling face because she's just so happy now. It's very, it's very sweet. And, you know, and she meets with the therapist and she's like, I'm coming for him. This is what's happening. Coming for him. Um, I don't know if we like really covered that at all, but we did. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Okay. Um, she's like, I'm coming for him. And the therapist is like, it's going to suck. And she's like, I know, but this needs to happen. I can't believe we skipped that entire part. Um, she's like, I'm coming for him. It's happening. 
we're doing this. Um, and she's like, all right. And she's like, I talked to my mom. We're full steam ahead. See you next week at three. I'll be there. So I'm glad that Paige is still in therapy. Yeah, I'm glad that she recognizes like you don't really reach the end of therapy. Like it's kind of an ongoing thing. And yeah, she's there. She's pressing charges. She's going to drag Dean through the fucking dirt. And and this is when she says, like, I don't want him to do this to anybody else. And then we have the ending scene with her smiley face with Spinner. And that's the episode. Solid, solid ep. Definitely one of my favorites of the season, um, if not of all Degrassi, because <laughs> it's just a delight from start to finish. It's good. It's pretty great. It's definitely one of my favorites. Um. All right, so do we want to get into our grapevine section first? Yeah, we have an email, and we're very excited about it. Uh, friendly reminder that you guys, if you want to send us any questions or, like, whatever you feel like, feel free to email us, whatever it takes, podcast at gmail.com. We will answer you on the air, not via email, because we forget. So we actually have a two-part question. Well, it's not really a two-part question. We just have two questions from one email from our self-proclaimed number one fan forever and always, Thomas Sparks. And he asks us, um, when did you stop watching Degrassi? Which season were you on when you stopped? That is for each of you individually. So that's the first question. So let's tackle that one first. Um, I think think I I was like I really slowed down season six and I really stopped after season seven I would occasionally pop in for like once in a while in season eight but by then I think I was season eight I think I was like in college or almost in college so it was like maybe if I was like home for a weekend or something I would like watch an episode but for the most part I think I really definitely fizzled out after season seven yeah I think that was definitely the same for me um, I was like ramping down in season seven and I believe the movie came out like at, after season seven ended and I think I popped in a little bit in season eight like the last episode I remember watching was when I think her name was Allie Sav's little sister like sent a naked photo to her like gross boyfriend who had that like long hair who went to like Lakehurst and was friends with the people who stabbed JT spoiler alert I'm sorry um and I remember that episode. I feel like that was later on, but definitely season seven was probably when I stopped. And I mean, I think for probably both of us, it was just like we were getting older, um, we were getting busier, and all of our like all the original people were kind of fading away. And that's probably why I stopped. Yeah, I mean, for me, the same. And we had a second question from Thomas. What was that, Holland? And. And the second question is, who do you both ship of all time? Once again, that is for each of you individually. So my OTP, I think everybody knows, is Sean and Emma. I don't really know if I need to explain why, but yeah, they're my forever and always ship. So this is going to come a little out of left field. I think mine might be Craig and Ellie. But it's also kind of Paige and Hazel. <laughs> like a little bit. It's a little bit Paige and Hazel. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I really don't have one because I feel like the relationships change so much that I like can't stay true to one thing. Although Sean and Emma were endgame. It's the only like 
indisputable fact because I even like Manny and Jay. Actually, can I pick Manny and Jay? Manny and Jay are my OTP forever and always. I just realized that I have a lot of feelings about that <laughs> and they all just smacked me in the face at the same time. Manny and Jay forever. I do love Manny and Jay. I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't even really a thing like throughout their entire existence on the show. But when it, at the end. I mean, at the end, but like, well, they, they weren't even like, like you wouldn't even like as soon as Jay came in, you would never have thought like, oh, one day my OTP will be Manny and Jay. <laughs> um, like it didn't play with your emotions as long as like some of the other ships like Craig and Ellie is like like a hopeless ship basically for the entire show. It's so true. <laughs> and like and like whereas Sean and Emma is kind of like an up and down roller coaster, like you think that they should be together forever and always type of ship that like. Again, it's kind of crushing. Um, but no, I remember being very surprised how much I loved Manny and Jay together. Yeah, they're for sure the OTP. So yeah, friendly reminder that you guys can reach out to us via email and we will talk about you and like proclaim our love like we do for Thomas because he is a fucking delight. Um so before we do all of our other plugs, I know it seems like a good lead into that, but we can't really forget all of our regular segments. Um, I want to read uh, my favorite YouTube comment of all time. I don't think there was one episode where Jimmy wasn't mad at someone. That was Willie Walt- Waters four months ago. And King Africa B one month ago responded because they always disrespected the brother, which, fair. <laughs> and then... My favorite that I saw was by John Jones four months ago, and it says, "Ugh, I don't understand. Does Marco have a little beard, or is that an indent under his bottom lip?" <laughs> and John Jones, that is in fact a soul patch, a little baby soul patch. It's bad news. It is. It is rough stuff. Um, so Spirit Squad Captain, I think, is indisputably Paige, right? For sure, it is a hundred percent Paige. She is amazing in this episode and finally like takes control and is like fuck you dean i'm pressing charges it's it's amazing she's the best this is a, just a page is fucking spirit squad captain for sure um i think jt gets second place for being all around badass and marco gets third place for coming out because that is brave as hell maybe no i move marco up to second place because coming out is a very brave thing even if it isn't punching a rapist you know like, good for you, Marco. We're both very proud of you, even though Ellie is clearly not as floored as we are by your bravery. <laughs> I agree with your hierarchy of Spirit Squad captains. Thank you. And ship of the episode, I'm going to go with Paige and Spinner because they're pretty cute at the end. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree with that. I like them at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't really have, I guess that's it. I guess that's the only one that I can have. Because there's no other options except for Ellie and Marco, which would be cruel. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ship you even though you're gay, Marco. How do you feel about that, Ellie? Um, Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a pretty, it's a fine ship of the episode, Spinner and Paige. Um, Mainly because, like, Paige is so happy about it. Yeah. That's mainly why. And they do eventually have good moments together. But, yeah, no, Paige being happy is, like the biggest thing um and then moral of the episode is i guess i would say it's um stand up for yourself 
and don't be afraid to face your fears, I guess. Maybe like to take control of your own destiny. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Take control of your own destiny. That's that's a good one. All right. Holland wins moral of the episode <laughs> for sure. Um, do we have anything else? Are we good? Yeah, I think we could plug away. All right, we're going to do some plugs. Um, again, you can email us, and we love it. It makes us super excited um, to get an email that isn't like, this person liked your tweet, which, I mean, granted, we also like, but actual emails are way more fun. Um, speaking of tweets, you can add us on Twitter and tweet at us and be like, hey, we like you, or just like, hey, w- what do you think about this thing? Um, and we are at Degrassi Pod. And we also have a Tumblr, um, whatever it takes podcast.tumblr.com. And you can also rate and review us on iTunes because that's awesome. And we're also on SoundCloud. If you want to follow me on things, I am Kel Sucks with a Z at the end on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram at Holland Tacular and Twitter. I think I missed that. And as far as plugging something else, I am going to plug. Ghostbusters, the movie, because I just saw it yesterday and I thought it was really good. It was pretty funny. Kate McKinnon is probably the best part of it because she's hilarious and amazing. But everyone is awesome and I recommend it. Go see it. Good suggestion. Haven't seen it yet, but fully intend to. Um, I am going to plug. I saw a brand new in concert again for the second time last week. So if you have not listened to Brand New, I'm going to suggest listening to their first two albums because they're great. Uh, Your Favorite Weapon and uh, Deja Antendu are really good. So just dive back into like 2004 and check it out. I would recommend that too. But I think that's all we got today. Bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers.